Hello, this is Pastor Nate Ward with Open Door Church, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to our podcast. It's my personal prayer that you would be encouraged and encountered by the Holy Spirit and challenged by His Word. May the Lord bless you and stir faith as you listen to this week's message. But Pastor Nate has been going through the, the story of David. He's been kind of following with Deeper Project. Uh, we talked about giants um, last week. I, oh, I have my notes. My notes are somewhere else. But uh, we were talking about the, the story of David, and, and uh, Pastor Nate asked me if I wanted to continue that story. And, ooh, there we go. <laughs> And I said, absolutely, but I'm going to do, so I prayed about it, and I believe that God wants me to share worship. It's kind of funny, worship pastor, share about worship. I mean, it's a given, right? Um, So, like I said, was stating earlier, in the Deeper Projects, we're following King David, you know, the guy who slew a, a giant with a stone, cut the head off, and, and then um, went to King Saul. He was anointed as a king, and, and yet he still, he ran away from King Saul, and in the midst of this, he still followed God in the midst of everything. So we were following his life, his mistakes, his good, his victories, uh, his, his everything, so, like I said earlier, if you do not uh, do not um, attend a deeper project, please. It is awesome. It is so much fun. It's not. There are some Bible studies that I've been a part of where it's kind of boring because it's just one person leading. And I know that's <laughs> pastor shouldn't say that. I guess, uh, but it's just like one person leading, and you're just like, oh, this is simple stuff. Um, but it, it deeper project is something way different. It is a Bible study, but it is something deeper. <laughs> they, they named it appropriately. Um, but the basis verse uh, that I want to preach on today is actually in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. It says, after removing Saul, he made D- David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. God, I pray that that you will anoint my words. God, I pray that my words will not be my own, but your words flowing through me, God. God, I pray that every word will be fastened with a spiritual arrowhead that will pierce even the hardest of hearts. God, I invite your presence here. I invite your wisdom, God. I invite you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. So, David endured a lot in his life. Obviously, uh, if you know the story of David, he've, he's gone through a lot. He ran away from a king that literally tried to pin him to a wall with a spear. That's crazy. One thing we find is that David often turned to God. Sometimes it was immediately. Sometimes it was a year later. But he always, always turned to God. David understood the importance of turning to God. We can read about all these times that uh, David turned to God 
through the Psalms. The Psalms is great. There is 150 chapters in Psalms. Psalm 7, 27, 31, 34, and 52 are when David is fleeing from Saul. So these are Psalms, and they're often considered poetry or worship, and, 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 he's, and he's talking to God. Um, through these psalms, and those are the times that he's fleeing from Saul. Psalms 3 is actually when he fled from his own son, Absalom. Um, there's, there's so many psalms that David wrote. Out of the 150, David actually wrote 73 of them. That's a lot. That's a lot of time to worship. That is a lot of time to, to, to adore God through literally hell that David went through and, and the victories that David went through and the times that David was like, you know what? God, you're still good. You're still great. David would often turn to God according to the Psalms. Some of the Psalms were, you know, woe is me. My enemies surround me. And, and others were, praise the Lord. Yes, let's do this. Um, but not every single one of them were the same. You see, when we worship, when we worship, it tends to bring God into the situation at hand. And I, and I, I believe that David understood that completely. Because the word literally states that he was a man after God's own heart. And a man after God's own heart is someone who wants to be a part of who God is on a regular basis. And I personally, I want to have that. I want to be a man after God's own heart. And I wish and I hope that you guys want that too. I mean, if you're a woman, to be a woman after God's own heart, obviously. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I ended up asking a lot of friends of mine, like, how do you, or why do you worship? Or how would you describe worship? And, and they would, they'd send me these massive text messages. <laughs> And they're like, worship is this, and it's the, it's the time that I connect to God, and it's the only time that I've really ever felt calm or anything like that. It's the time that I don't have to think about life, and I can just give it all to God. And, and I was like, come on, that is awesome. That is great to hear. And, and then I asked a children's pastor, can you define worship to a child? And they said something amazing. And I, I was just like, wow, that's so simple. It's great. Um, worship in its simplest form is bringing God into whatever is happening. Bringing God into whatever is happening. They didn't state bringing God into a bad situation or bringing God into a good situation. It was bringing God into every single situation. There was a church, um, Matt Redman is actually a part of it, and um, the pastor ended up coming into the service, and, and, and he felt for, for a couple weeks that the church was disconnecting in worship. Have you guys ever felt disconnected in worship? I'll, I'll be the first one to raise all of my hands because there are times when worship is going on, and I'm like, I don't feel anything. Lord, help me. And then you're just like standing there. Um, 
But there have been times where I felt disconnected uh, in worship. And this senior pastor, he noticed his entire congregation looked as if there was a disconnect. He said that there were people raising their hands and there, there were people uh, singing, but there was a spiritual disconnection as if there was a wall that you could see through, but you couldn't pass. So the senior pastor did something absolutely crazy, and he ended up asking the worship pastor this question. Can you please not play any instruments? And the worship pastor goes, sure. <laughs> I, can, I can totally do that. And for worship, the, the senior pastor got up, and he, and he talked about um, a disconnect with worship and and he said we're gonna just sing we're just gonna use our voices to sing and i actually believe that he's saying that i'm coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you it's all about you jesus and they sang that and they sang that and they sang it over and over and over and over again and something broke so people began to weep. People began to be healed in the moment. And, and, and there was, it was like the floodgates of heaven literally opened up and like God's presence knocked everyone off their feet just by using their voices. Matt Redman was quoted saying this, the heart of worship is not music and song. No, the heart of worship is heads and hearts and joyful awe of the real Jesus. And I thought that was so cool. But then I was like, I really hope Pastor Nate doesn't tell me to do that. <laughs> because I, I can count so many times that, that there's worship going on or, or there's, there's music in my car, worship music in my car, and, and I think that the verse is coming, and so or like the chorus is coming, and so I start to belt out the chorus, and it's not when the chorus is going to happen, and it's just me singing that part, and I and like you get really red, and you get embarrassed, and you're like, I hope no one heard me sing that part, because no one else sang it, right? But the heart of worship is not music and song, but heads and hearts and joyful awe of the real Jesus. Come on. I think that, that's a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement because worship isn't just limited to a genre. Worship music isn't limited to, to a slow acoustic or piano uh, being played. Worship music isn't uh, limited to uh, a style of music. Worship isn't even um, limited to a tradition. Worship is only ever limited by the heart. Worship has to come from the heart. You can always tell when, some, when, when you're talking to someone in conversation, um, if you've studied like body language or, or psychology or whatever that stuff is, um, you can recognize that people speak with their body often more than they speak with their words. And, and uh, there are times that you could be speaking with someone and, and you can recognize that that person doesn't want to be a part of the conversation where their eyes are shifting and they're just constantly looking for, quote unquote, a way out of the conversation. Um, I have experienced that, not because 
not me wanting to leave, but because I tend to talk a lot too much that people are like, oh my gosh, please stop. I remember in Walmart, there's this girl, uh, her name is Jill, and she came up and she goes, Tyler, how's it going? So I just started talking, and I was actually supposed to be somewhere, <laughs> and like 20 minutes later, she just goes, Tyler, I have to stop you. I got to go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, and as I was walking away, I was like, dude, you just talk too much. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, but about right before I saw, uh, right before she said that she wanted to leave, I recognized that there were, that she wanted to go. And but my brain was like, story time. <laughs> I'm going to tell all the stories. Uh, we were talking about cookies. That's about it. Um, it was great. But um, just like you can recognize that if someone wants to be a part of a conversation or someone doesn't want to be a part of a conversation, someone who feels lonely is sitting by themselves, they oftentimes desire someone to come up and talk to them. But it's the same thing in worship. You can totally tell, or the Lord can totally tell, if your heart's in it or if your heart is not in it. God judges the heart. Absolutely. See, worship, when, uh, when Pastor Nate asked me to be a part of this church, I initially was like, no. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with you guys. It has everything to do with, I was a youth pastor for six and a half years, and I loved those kids with everything inside of me. And it was heartbreaking just the thought of leaving those kids um, because 99% of those kids didn't have a father, and I was the only male figure that they looked up to. Um, and it was very hard. Um, but the more and more I prayed about it, and, and we'll get more into this later on into the message. Uh, the more and more I prayed about it, the more and more I realized that this is where God wanted me to be. And I was like, God, I have no idea how to be a worship pastor. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know how to be a youth pastor. I was like, I talk too much and, and whatever. I always put my foot in my mouth or, and somehow I embarrass myself. And God was like, just worship. Just worship. Because when you worship, when you truly worship, it tends to resonate and it tends to overflow. It's almost as if this cup was filled with water and let's say, Lucas, you bumped into me. The cup's going to spill. And, and, and when you worship and you fill up your cup with worship and, and someone bumps into you and someone says something harsh to you and, and all of a sudden you begin to spill worship. You begin to spill God's presence. You begin to spill the Lord into every situation. I am not great at that. <laughs> because when someone like wants to uh, be mean to me, it's very easy to be mean back to them. That's not what God called us to do. And when Pastor Nate asked me um, how I would end up leading worship, I simply stated, I was like, I don't want, I was like, the way that I worship is I don't care if it's a performance. I was like, I don't want performance, I just want presence. I don't want performance, I just want presence. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's the heart of worship. 
isn't to be a performer, isn't to have the best, you know, dance moves, because this is what people do in church, right? No. Uh, or it's like, you know, to raise your hands, you have like the, the field goal post. You have the carrying baby one. You have the heartburn. My favorite, the raindrop collector. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but it doesn't matter if it's an outward appearance. God judges the heart. Matthew chapter 15, 8 and 9 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. It is very easy to be caught up in worship, quote unquote. It's very easy to be caught up in a performance. But just like that, that, that last song, I'm caught up in your presence. I love that song. Cody Carnes, man, uh, I'm caught up in your presence. To be caught up in God's presence is something so magical. <laughs> the way that I, exp I explain being caught up in God's presence or worship to the, my old youth group was, um, I was like, you guys ever gone on a date? And they go, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know that feeling when you sit next to someone that you really like and, and like you don't know what to say and you're just like shaking and your heart's like, and you have like eagles going on in your stomach instead of butterflies and you, you, you don't know what to do. And, and then like they say something and you're like, <laughs> that wasn't funny, <laughs> right? And, and that feeling to be just enveloped in that moment is what worship should be to be when when you walk into the into the church when you open up your bible when you put on worship songs it's i just want to focus on you god and it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing i'm going to sit right next to you i will i will find a seat next to you god simple right <laughs> it's a lot harder to do um, see, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're the best singer or the dancer or, or, or the best singer or the worst. Um, wow, I might get in trouble for this part. But in my last church, there was this girl, um, Miss Isabel. She was great. She was from Columbia. She was our, our church secretary lady. And um, she sat right behind me, and she could not hold a note for anything. And it was great. Like, it wasn't, it would often catch me off guard. <laughs> but she was one of the greatest worshipers in that entire church. When Days of Elijah came on, you know she was going to worship. She was going to go, woo, every single time. And, and, and I remember all of, uh, all of us youth kids, us youth kids, the youth kids and I, their, their leader, pastor, wow, that sounds terrible, their pastor, we're sitting in the front row, and, and they're like, woo, and I'm like, yeah, and I remember looking to some of the kids, and they're like, right, but she worshipped, she worshipped, and she understood that she didn't have to have the greatest voice, she didn't have to have the best moves, she didn't have to know what the lyrics were, because often she would make up her own lyrics, but she had the heart of a worshiper, and the heart of a worshiper is someone who does not care 
who hears them, who does not care who sees them, who does not care. They just want to get alone with God, and if, they're, if no one else is going to do it, they're going to do it. I remember in Refuge School of Ministry, the same school of ministry that Pastor Nate went to, um, Pastor Jamie would often state he, um, when we would go all over the country in a 15-passenger van, it was terrible because there was like no AC. Um, and, and worship would come on. And he says, I do not care if you don't feel like worshiping worship. Because you can change the atmosphere around you just by raising your hands, just by jumping, just by singing. And when the students and when the adults begin to see that it doesn't matter who's around you, you're going to worship, others jump in. Be the first to worship. Be the first to worship. It doesn't matter if you have the best voice or the worst. If you got the moves or you can't do a boogie. And yes, that's in my notes. <laughs> if you have the best voice and can dance before the Lord, yet your heart is far from it, it doesn't matter how much people go, oh, wow, they must be worshiping. God sees through it. Or if you're standing there with your eyes closed and you just want to get you're like, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. And it doesn't matter if you've just standing still. And you're just in awe of who he is. And the people ask, surely they aren't worshiping God. They aren't moving. God sees the heart. This past year has been a ridiculous year for me, to say the least. Um, gone through ups. I feel like I've gone through a lot more downs than up. <laughs> um, and I'm going to try to summarize this. Um, basically, I was uh, dating this girl who I believe that God put into my path. Um, and I was praying and I prayed for like a sign that she was the one, right? And I was like, God, if she's the one, have this happen. And it happened twice. And I was like, okay, God, I get the idea. So I was like, I'm going I'm to marry this girl. She's going to be great. Spoiler alert, she's not here with me, obviously. Uh, didn't work out. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was saving money for a ring. Of course it was money because you can't buy a ring with like horses or anything like that. Um, but... I was saving for a ring, and I saved up enough for a ring. And I was like, God, I pray that you'll bless this. It'll be great. And, and I was having it designed specifically for her, and I was so excited. And I was talking to my senior pastor at the time, and I was like, this is going to be great. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I met with him several times. And then I ended up uh, going to see her, but she ended up not being there. And so I went back home, and then uh, she ended up calling me, and she said, hey, can we talk? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, of course, it's the can we talk conversation. Um, and she ended up breaking up with me in that moment, and I could not, for the life of me, understand why. It's very easy to lash out when you are confused. It is very easy to lash out when you don't necessarily know what's going on. Luckily, I didn't do a lot of that. 
I just ended up hanging up the phone. And then I was like, God, why? <laughs> uh, I ended up like calling my senior pastor, and I was like in tears, and I was like, I don't understand any of this. I was like, this happened, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And I was like, if all of this happened in a box, then it has to be the thing. And Pastor James, I remember he was trying to be a pastor, but not tell me that, you know, God works outside the box. <laughs> um, and I remember not wanting anything to do with God some of the days. And those days were the days that I remember God was just like, can I just spend time with you, please? And I, re I remember going, God, I have nothing to say to you because of this and this and this and this, 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 and like an hour later, I'm praying, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember those were the moments that, that the times that I didn't, quote, unquote, want anything to do with God were the times that worship would come on, and I would end up just getting on my knees in my bedroom and just crying and going, God, I have no idea what the mess is going on, but God, I know that you are in control, and I know that you are faithful even when I am not faithful, and I know that some Something good has to come from this because you are a part of it. And I do not care what happens. God, if it is to take me, take me now. <laughs> if, it's, if it's something for me to learn because I need to learn, God, I pray that I will learn this and I will have a, a mindset of I need to learn something. But God, do something because if you don't do something, I'm going to do something and that's going to be dumb. rewind like because that's how you rewind um like three year two year hmm? a while ago can't remember when um we were doing worship in in our youth group youtube worship i would just click play on worship and i'd be in the back i'd be like god i need you and i was like this is great and all the youth kids were like Oh, it's done, right? And so, and I didn't pray about this, but I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to learn guitar because that's what people do. <laughs> and I was like, I'm tired of the students not engaging in worship. So I picked up the guitar, and my fault, this was my fault, less than a week of learning guitar, I was like, I'm going to lead worship. The very first time I led worship was awful. <laughs> I remember trying to sing the, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh. And I was like, bless the Lord. <laughs> and I, oh, it was a very first song too. And I just was like, I, I stopped and I was red and all the kids' faces were just, their eyes were bug-eyed and they were just like, what just happened? And all I could do was, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to lead worship. And I'm like, we're going to do this again. And it was like, oh, I, sorry for this visual, but I would much rather have toothpicks under my toenails and kick a wall than do that again. Because that, that was not fun. And I remember the students coming up going, Tyler, that was terrible. 
Pastor Tyler, please don't do that again. And I remember going, <laughs> whether you like it or not, it's happening next week. <laughs> and I was like, why would I say that? I was like, YouTube worship is so much more easier. I couldn't hold a note. Could, I, I knew three chords on guitar. <laughs> that is it. Oh, and it was awful. It was awful. Fast forward to this whole uh, breakup situation. Um, I ended up uh, picking up the guitar. I've picked up the guitar since then um, and led worship and got better. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Um, nerves never really go away, by the way. Not for me. I get nervous for everything. Um, but I remember in this entire situation, I was like, God, if this is, if this is what you want, I'm going to worship you. And I remember writing all of everything that I felt down. And a lot of what I felt was not good things. It was terrible things. It's like, woe is me type of things. But I would always, and I know this was God, because I, in my, my state of mind I was in, could not have thought of this. But every time I wrote out an entire paragraph of like what I'm feeling and all these terrible, awful things that are just happening to me and nobody else apparently, uh, and, and all is junk and it didn't just happen with girls, it, it happened with like a job and it happened with like personal life and, and, and public life and work life and just finances and everything just was going down, whatever, down the drain. And, and I would end up writing but God, I know you're still faithful. But God, regardless of how I feel, I know that you're going to come through. And I would always sign it. I don't know why I signed it this way, but it was great. Uh, it was, um, my name is, and so my nickname in Pueblo is T. I can't have that nickname here because there's a girl here named T, Teresa, already. So she can have it. But, uh, <laughs> but, I wrote it, my name is T, I am broken but not destroyed. I am broken, yet I'm not destroyed. And in those moments, I began to worship, and my worship was something um, that I can't describe, that it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was from me. It almost seemed like I was just sitting there, and I was holding my guitar, and I was like just crying, and somehow words were being formed, and I was just like, God, I need you. God, I need you. Um, and... Uh, and I remember those moments were the times that I just felt God's presence so, so powerfully in my house that my brother even came out and was like, wow, come on. And he goes, Tyler, if anybody can get through this, you can. You're the only person I know who could get through all this stuff and be okay. And I remember throughout all of that, it gave me an opportunity to minister to my oldest brother who does not believe in God. That's a win. <laughs> that is a win. I went off my notes. I found myself worshiping a whole lot more than what I expected. Nightmares, worship. If I was irritated, worship. When I was confused and I wanted to lash out, worship. When I was driving, oh, when I was driving, worship. <laughs> I almost got into a few car wrecks because the, there's a song that if he goes to the left, then we're going to the left. And I would end up actually doing that in my car on accident. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get pulled over for this. 
Do not follow dance moves in your car, by the way. If you're going to do that, do that in the passenger seat while someone else is driving. Uh, because you can get into a car wreck. <laughs> Worship seemed to be different. Not because before it was quote-unquote false worship, but instead worship was the only thing. And when I say the only thing, hear me, I mean the only thing that helped. It was my reason, reason for getting out of bed in the morning. It was because it brought God into an otherwise hopeless situation, and he brought hope, and he instilled hope. He brought me out of hell, and I wanted to show him how much he meant to me. And no matter what, even if I was walking through hell, I was still going to worship God. Because I know that the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It doesn't say, yea, though I make base camp. Yea, though I stand still in the shadow of valley of death. But yea, though I walk through. And God, I just pray that you will take me by the right hand and you will guide me through hell. And I remember God speaking to me. He goes, Tyler, you don't have to make big strides but baby steps, baby steps. When you don't feel like walking, just put your foot in front of the other, and then, right? <laughs> but make baby steps, and, and, and eventually, eventually, you will see the end. And I will be with you the whole time. Going back to worship being, not being a genre or a style, uh, imagine if, if someone who, who is a part of the, the rap game, uh, rap game, <laughs> anyways, liked rap a lot, uh, and, and they ended up uh, becoming a, a Christian, and, and God radically changed their lives, and rap was the only thing they knew, more often than not, they're going to find Christian rap artists or they're going to write their own rap songs about who God is and how faithful he is. They aren't going to listen to uh, Eddie James on their first go-around. I have a fantastic friend. His name is Adam. Uh, not the Adam that you guys know. Um, but he is one of my closest friends, I would say. Um, he's in a band called Sightline. They're Christian, and they're great. And I've gone to some of his concerts, which are fantastic. The thing is, most of the people in this room are not going to like his music. At all. You can't understand it. Because <laughs> it's a lot of screaming. And it's hardcore, and it's just like, Rah! Well, more, not like that, but like, well, I don't know. I can't scream. Uh, but his music is like hardcore scream, and then every once in a while he'll pepper in some like beautiful vocals, and I'm like, just do that, man. I was like, that's good. It's so good. Um, but yet, he worships God through his lyrics and through his, 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 his music. And, and he doesn't just do this in churches. Yeah, he's, he's actually played in churches. But he does this at like bars and other stuff. And he's bringing the gospel to an otherwise unreachable place where people don't want to hear the word of God. And yet they, they listen to the music and they go, oh, wow, this guy is awesome. I'm going to start downloading his music. And all of a sudden, they begin to start experiencing who God is because of music, because of these lyrics of, of, of a, a personal hell that Adam went through and had to experience God. Otherwise, he would have never made it out. 
Adam is making a difference with his worship. I want to make a difference when I worship. My style is 100% different from Adam's. Because if I was up there screaming, you guys would just be like, this is terrible. (laughs) But I want to make a difference when I worship. Not just for you guys. Honestly, (laughs) I apologize for this, but I'm not here for you. I remember in my last church, this older lady, she came up to me. And she goes, you know, I really didn't like worship today. And I didn't know what to say to that. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I hope it gets better next time. Uh, But there's this pastor, and I cannot remember his name, but, uh, and and I always mix it up with a restaurant, (laughs) so I'm not going to say it, because then I'll feel terrible. Uh, But he said, the same thing happened to him, that a lady or an older uh, couple came up to them, came up to men and said, we didn't really enjoy worship today. And he goes, that's good. Worship's not about you. We weren't worshiping you. And I was like, how come I couldn't have said that? I was like, that's one of those, we weren't worshiping you. Drop the mic and walk away. We're good. I think it'd be great. <laughs> uh, but to have the courage to say that without getting like slapped would be great. Um, <laughs> But I want to make a difference every time I get up on that stage. Every time I get up on that stage, I get so nervous. Like, even now, like, I'm, I'm nervous. Because I don't know, I'm a nervous type of person. <laughs> but it's, it has to do with, um, I want to do good. I want to do good by God. I want, I want it to, the way that I picture my worship to God is, is like when a little kid gets crayons for the first time. And they draw a picture, right? And then, they, and then they, they go, Dad, look what I drew, right? And, and, and the dad picks it up and goes, what is it? And they're like, it's a giraffe, can't you tell? And they're like, it's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, this is the greatest you are amazing, right? And then all of a sudden, they post it on their fridge, and their friends come over, and their friends are like, what kind of drawing is that? And dad's like, that is my kid's drawing, and I love it. You weren't going to say anything bad about it, because he's an artist, and he's better than you, <laughs> Right? And, and that's how I picture worship is, is a lot of times I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I just want to worship. I don't know what I'm drawing. I don't know what colors go together or not or what musical items go together. I don't even know how to harmonize, actually, guys. Uh, not entirely. I kind of, I'm learning, okay? I'm learning. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. Harmonize is hard. Um, but I'm like, God, I, I, gave, I give you worship. This is mine, and I give it to you. And God, I remember I had a dream, and and I remember God picking it up and going, there's nothing quite like this, and I love it. And I want that to be my type of worship. Ugly crayon worship. (laughs) I forgot to tell you guys the title of this message. (laughs) It's not ugly crayon worship, it's... uh, (laughs) 
victory follows. Oh, my gosh. Lord, help me. But I, I want ugly crown worship. Why? Because it's authentic. Because it's, it's, it's meaningful. Because you don't care who else is in the room. You just want to love on your dad. Then I just want to love on my dad. I don't care if he puts it on his, his fridge. I'm going to keep on drawing ugly crayon photos. And eventually, one day, maybe I'll be able to write a stick figure. And it'll be great. But in the meantime, I'm going to worship with everything inside of me. And I do not care how bad it is. <laughs> because I want my heart to be in the right position because I don't want to be up on that stage if my heart's not right. There have been times where I got up on that stage and my heart wasn't right and in the middle of worship and I'm playing a song, playing a song and I'm like, God, I need you and I don't feel you and God goes, it doesn't matter if you feel me, I'm still here. And in that moment, something begins to break, something begins to shift and God goes, I'm here and I'm going to show you something spectacular. See, even if you don't want to worship, you should still worship because worship isn't about you, it's about God. And if we only worship when we felt like, Sundays would never exist. See, in our crazy times, in our good times, in our up times, in our down times, in our spare times, in our busy times, when we worship God, follows. Worship has 10, 10 distinct reactions it does to the heart. And I believe David understood these very, very, very well. There could be more. There's a lot more actually, but 10. I wrote down 10. Okay? And we're going to basically talk about them in all the Psalms. And these are all the Psalms that, that, that has to deal with this point. So first of all, when you worship, it tends to humble the heart because whew, humility, when you are humbled to the Lord, it doesn't say I am, it says you are. Worship humbles the heart. Psalm 62 verse 9 says, Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only breath. When we worship God, it humbles our hearts. We have to be humble when we worship because otherwise we're putting other things on a pedestal instead of lifting God up. And worship is about lifting God up. It reveres God. The heart becomes more reverent, honoring, serving. Psalms 18.3 says, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Who was worthy of praise, who was worthy of our time, who is worthy of our finances, who is worthy of studying the scripture, who is worthy of literally everything God is worthy. And when we, become, when we worship, our heart becomes reverent towards the Lord. We begin to revere who he is. And that's honoring on a crazy level. Respectful. Psalms 31.9, be merciful to me, Lord, for I am distressed. 
My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. David, throughout his entire, one, one thing we've studied in the deeper projects is David, throughout his entire existence, when he is going against the enemies, when he's going against King Saul, when he's going against all these crazy times, when he's walking through the wilderness and he ends up having to stay at a, at a Philistine city for a year and four months, he ends up talking with honor and respect to whomever he meets. When we begin to worship, not only do we begin to revere God, but God shows us how to respect people. Trusting, Psalms 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life, whom shall I be afraid? Because when we worship, it brings God into the situation and says, God, I have no idea how to do this, but you do. I know you do. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but I'm trusting that you will do what you do best, and you help. God, help. God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you. When we worship, our heart begins to shift. Psalms 18.1, loving, I love you, Lord, my strength. Psalms 4.7, devoted, fill my heart with joy when their grain and their new wine abound. Psalms 9.1, recognition, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Psalms 23.6, faithful. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 119.34, obedient. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. And the last one means a lot to me because when I was going through whatever I lashed out. I'm not going to lie. I failed at being a Christian. I remember when I was doing okay. Okay. <laughs> when I was when I felt like I was doing okay and this was mid-July and a couple of my friends who actually like never hung out with, they invited me somewhere and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to go." And it was Waterworld. Do this. I want to slide some slides. It's gonna be great. Ended up raining. That was great. Uh, <laughs> but I remember going out to the parking lot, and throughout this entire thing, and I have this rule that I don't talk bad about any of my exes because there's no point. I don't talk bad about them, and so I hope you guys hear my heart on this next part. Um, that. When I went out to the car, I went out by myself because I got dressed fast, I guess. And then I checked my phone. Didn't check my phone the entire day, and it was great at all. It was phenomenal, actually. And then I checked my phone, and someone sent me a picture of a reason why she left. And it was for someone else. Someone we knew, actually. 
And I remember being so mad, I said something that I hadn't said in like seven years. And it instantaneously, I was convicted. I was convicted, and the Lord said, do not say that to me. And in that moment, I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I understand that that, that is not right to say. And I was like, but. And, the, and God goes, there, no, no, you do not say that to me. And I was like, God, I don't understand even more. And in that moment, God was like, pray for them. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to pray that they die. <laughs> and God was like, no, pray for them. Pray for a blessing on their, on their relationship. And I was like, but I don't want to do that. I was like, who in their right mind does that? That doesn't make sense. And in that moment, God spoke to me very clearly. And he says, Tyler, who's God? are you God? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he goes, are your friends God? And I was like, no. And he goes, is your pastor God? And I was like, no. And he goes, who's God? And I'm like, you are. <laughs> and I remember I was so mad so mad. And I was like, fine. God, if, if that is who they are to be with, I pray that you'll bless them. And like my heart wasn't in it. I was like, bless them, God. Bless them in everything. Bless them in their relationship. Bless them in the relationship with each other's parents. Bless them in finances. God, I pray that they'll find jobs. And I was like, I don't like praying this prayer, God, but keep on blessing them. And I was just like, this is annoying. I don't like this. And I was like, God, bless them. And then I was like, God, bless me too. I was like, help me get through this. And I was like, help me remember on a daily basis to pray for them. Not for her to come back. Not for them to break up. But God, I, I pray that you'll help me remember to bless them in my relationship with you. And I remember something begin to change in my life. Like, radically. Because instead of going woe is me and how dare you it was this sucks but I can make it out this is not fun but I can do this I cannot do this my own, on my own but I can do this through God and when I began to worship, things began to be put into perspective of, of uh, things here and there and here and there. And, and I remember praying after every time I worshiped and right before I go to bed, God was like, pray for them. And I'd be like, but I want to sleep. And God was like, pray for them. And I'm like, God, I just pray that you'll bless their relationship. Amen. <laughs> and you know what? I got a message recently that she is actually getting married to this guy. And, and you would think that you would be upset if you've gone through all this stuff. Reality, I was stoked. Not because I was like, ha, out of my life and into his, right? <laughs> but I was like, come on. I was like, that guy is a great guy. I really like that guy. And I know he'll treat me right. I was like, come on. And it was weird 
It was weird, and it was only through God, only through worship, only through when I humbled my heart and began to revere who God was and become, became respectful of people and, and, and how God saw them and trusting God in every single situation, even situations that I don't necessarily see, and begin to love on God and love on people and become devoted in worship, devoted in prayer, and devoted in who he is, and I began to recognize the power of who God is and what he wants in my life, and I became faithful and obedient to his word and obedient and faithful in prayer and worship. And then my heart became repentant. And when my heart became repentant, I remember very specifically I led worship on a mountain. And it was beautiful. It had nothing to do with me. I remember Pastor Nate asked me to lead worship at Darwin's cabin. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he said, I remember Pastor Nate said, I remember hearing you worship one time in Cross Parallel, and there was something different. And I was like, yeah, that was not me. <laughs> And he goes, no, but you let the Lord work through you. I'd much rather have someone who lets the Lord work through them than someone who knows absolutely everything there is to know about music. Guys, worship is very simple. It's bringing God into every single situation of your life. And David understood that. David understood that. David, I believe, had the every single one of these characteristics and it was considered he was a man after God's own heart and a man after God's own heart has God's heart. If you guys want to know what God's heart is, worship, you'll see it and it'll be amazing. Worship when you don't want to and it'll be profound. Worship in your car when you're driving. Don't steer or whatever, but like drive and, and worship and go, God, I will, I will honor you. Your perspective, your attitude, your life begins to change. Because if I didn't worship, if I didn't revere God, if I didn't do anything of these 10 simple things that worship did, if I didn't worship the way that David worshiped, if I didn't worship, I know that I would not be here in Pagosa because I would still be, be in my own head and I would be stuck in a situation that I didn't want to be a part of. When we worship, it brings God into the situation. And when God is in the situation, things change. When we worship When we worship, and when we worship on a regular basis, worship becomes a part of life. And when worship becomes a part of life, it becomes a response instead of just a reaction. Always respond and don't react because when you react, you tend to do things dumb. But when you respond, when worship becomes a response, victory follows. God follows. Love follows. Finances, they follow. 
Because I don't know about you, my God is a God, he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords, he's the Lord over everything. He's, he's the Lord over your depression, you just have to give it to him. He's the Lord over your finances, you just have to give it to him. He's the Lord over your heartbreak, he, you just have to give it to him. He's the Lord of healing, you just have to give him your brokenness. You have to give it to him. It is simple, yet it is so hard. In my youth group, I would state one thing, and I'm going to be done here in a little bit. <laughs> I would state one thing to the kids. I'd say, guys, if you can find anywhere in this Bible that it says, being a Christian, following God is easy, I will eat an entire Bible in front of you. <laughs> the bold statement, right? <laughs> I was like, Lord, at that time, I didn't read my entire Bible, so like, I was still in Revelations, and I was getting through, but I was like, I'm 99.9% .9 positive this isn't in here. It's not in here, by the way, guys. Being a Christian, it doesn't say, as soon as you're a Christian, life is easy. No, it says, as soon as you're a Christian, when you give your life to the Lord, when you begin to worship, it recognize, you recognize that you're not in it alone, that you have help you have a family in God who are like an army who stand next to each other and fight for you and with you. Galatians 6.2 says something very profound. It says, go unto one another and share each other's burdens, thus fulfilling the will of the Lord. If you think you're doing it alone, it's because you only want to do it alone. You're not sharing what God has in your life to God. Worship Worship is profound because worship changes things because God changes things. Worship is different from a, uh, from a uh, parade, a concert. Worship is different from a concert. Words are hard, by the way, guys. They're very hard. Worship is way different from a concert. Concerts, you're there for music. Worship, you're there for God. When we worship, and when worship becomes a response, victory follows. David understood that. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Our ministry is made possible entirely by the faithful generosity of people just like you. If you were blessed by this message and would like to partner with what the Lord is doing in Pagosa Springs, visit us online at www opendoorpagosa.com Here you can give, see our service times, and stay connected with Open Door Church. We hope to see you soon.